0: Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and right after the show, I'm going to go on Etsy to see if I can get Burnham's weird leather fanny pack. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Ah, here we are in the thirteenth week of twenty-three weeks of Trek. (laughs) How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. I feel like um, I'm really this season of Disco. I'm enjoying more than the past two seasons combined. More than Lower Decks. More than Picard. I'm like I'm (laughs) I'm living.
0: You're all in on this. Yeah. Well, that is cool. Um, I, uh, thanks for asking, am doing okay, Uh, (laughs) I guess. I had kind of a weird weekend. Uh, It was fun at times, and it was uh, not fun at at other times, but I went to Bloomington, Indiana for the unveiling of the Captain Janeway statue that was uh, commissioned and uh, put together by the uh, Captain Janeway Bloomington Collective. I think I have that right. And uh, it was an amazing time there, uh, the hour that I spent there uh, after having driven 11 hours to get there. Uh, But we got a chance to talk to the president of the thing, did an interview with him, uh, got a bunch of pictures of it. And then we hopped back in the car and went 11 hours home. Uh, But it was uh, just like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And if anybody is uh, near Bloomington, Indiana or thinking about it, you know, Bloomington is a lovely, charming town and uh, also has a Captain Janeway statue in bronze there.
1: So was it, um, you know, uh, because of uh, the whole thing? I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, we're not going to conventions. Was it weird going someplace and like participating in an event? That, that's a great, event? Yeah. Was a great it... point.
0: That's the most people I've been around, I think, for about yeah. seven months now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, was it really cool or was it like nerve wracking?
0: Um, it was a little nervous because just the way that it was set up, uh, they, I think that they probably should have tried to – Maybe unveil it somewhere else and then bring it to the location maybe afterwards. It, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's positioned on – they have this little uh, sort of walking, uh, jogging trail that goes through that part mm-hmm. of the city. And so it's right there mm-hmm. and it's awesome that uh, people who have no idea who Captain Janeway is, is going are going to see this thing uh, day after day, which <laughs> I think is great. But yeah, it's only a like a bike or a walking trail, and so you know, try to fit three hundred people in that little area so they can all see the screen and, yeah. and see the statue. And I, uh, I turned to my girlfriend at one point, and we were like, "Do we leave? Is this? Should we go? I mean, we're all, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're we're doing our best to distance. We've got masks on, but it was a little bit like, mm-hmm. oh boy. um, and then yeah. we shot that all to hell when we and ate outdoors too. So it, it that's true. It was outdoors, yeah. But we shot that all to hell when we ate at a uh, combination gas station Taco John's on the way home in Wisconsin.
1: Oh, hell yeah!
0: And uh, yeah, we right after that we're like, "Let's get COVID tests." Sure, let's do it. And so we did. (laughs) So hopefully we're okay. I'm pretty sure we're okay. I feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think you're
0: fine. Uh, Stay away from those Taco John's people. Yeah, yeah, it's not good.
1: Yeah, I believe that. I believe that part of it. (laughs) I think you're every other part. I think you're probably fine. Taco John's, Combo Gas Station,
0: not sure about that one. Yeah. Uh speaking of COVID-19, uh which I almost definitely yes. have. Uh I read an article <laughs> saying that uh CBS because of the pandemic, because of how difficult it is to make TV at this time, they have actually trimmed uh the series orders of several several of their major scripted series on the network, shows like NCIS, Blue Bloods, uh The Neighborhood, Magnum PI, and uh, not Discovery though. Discovery, of course, season three is complete, and uh, they are at work on season four. It has a smaller, uh, you know, series run than something like uh, NCIS, but uh, no, no plans to trim Discovery as of yet.
1: So you're telling me that NCIS is still on the air?
0: Yeah is that is that the news that you got <laughs> from that news story? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I learned. No, I mean I wouldn't trim Disco. I feel like that's what they have going for them, right? You know, it's what they used to launch all access like they need they need it.
0: I, you know what? I I do my initial thought was, well, that's you know, it's bad for I mean, Blue Bloods is this is their last year. So they're going to have a shortened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too bad for the people who are going to lose work, but it's a I think it's a feather yeah. in the cap of discovery because like you're implying, I think that Discovery mm-hmm. is important. They, they wouldn't want to cut it down. But then I started to think about the mitigating factors, and it's like, okay, there's less episodes. Also, maybe they're shooting – I don't know if they're going to go to Iceland again, but maybe they're shooting in countries that it's not so bad. And as we talked about last week, uh, they've got the uh, Mandalorian wall now too. So maybe mm-hmm. with these things in place, they won't have to cut down Discovery.
1: Okay, but should we – is the is the uh, the Mandalorian wall what they were using in some of the scenes in this episode? Because – No, they haven't. Like, no shade. They haven't used it yet?
0: I don't think they've used it yet, no.
1: Okay. No tea, no shade. There were a couple shots this episode where I was like, that's crunchy. Oh. The lines are sharp. Did you not notice that?
0: Uh, I wasn't really looking. But you mean in terms of, oh, they're clearly using a, a green screen or, or a blue screen effect here?
1: Well, it seemed, it's, it's, there was a couple shots where it was almost like when um, I just figured something happened last minute, like locations were changed uh, last minute.
0: Okay. Or That's, something
1: odd yeah. because it seemed like they were, it was like rushed almost. Still very high budget, still very amazing, but then yeah. like you, the, you know, the, the cracks are showing.
0: It's possible. I mean, a lot of the post production was done, you know, all at home essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That, that's showing through a little bit but i didn't see any huge problems i mean that uh, i guess the giant tree wasn't exactly believable but um i thought i, I chalked it up to the kind of mythic sort of uh, look that they were going for uh, if my if audience is still here uh ella has uh dropped out because of a poor connection so i'm going to try to hook back up with her ella you there ella Are you there? I'm going to have to do a song and dance if you're not there. You don't want to hear my song and dance. Oh, boy. All right. It could be me that's lost. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to pause the show for just one second. Don't go anywhere. Just imagine. Am I back?
1: Sorry, it was cutting out. Am I here? Are
0: (laughs) Are you there? Can you hear me? All right. Let's go to the lobby and get ourselves a treat. I'll be right back. back in
1: the weirdest thing that it was last week and this week that my wi-fi cut out
0: i know i blame your cat
1: i mean honestly and you should
0: keep an eye on that cat
1: he's he's trying to muscle open the door as we uh speak
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you did you did the call cut out (laughs) this is what i can do all right Well, let's get back on task. Uh, Tonight we've (laughs) watched the third episode of Star Trek Discovery, season three, entitled People of Earth. We're here to break it down for you. And before we start, and as always, we are setting a course for the spoiler zone, listeners. So be warned, we're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for People of Earth is, reunited with Burnham, Discovery heads to Earth to find out what has happened to the Federation in the last thousand years. This episode is written by Byel Kim and Erica Lippoldt, who are staff writers for Discovery and have written many episodes of Seasons 1 and 2. They also wrote the short Trek, The Brightest Star, and they are the showrunners of the In Development Section 31 series. The episode is directed by Jonathan Frakes, which, I mean, what do I say about Frakes? You know who Frakes is. But fun fact, if you'll remember, Commander Riker was host to a Trill Symbiont in the fourth season TNG episode, The Host. So I don't know if they mm. if they were doing a deal there. I but forgot about that. Drilling a human. The start date for this episode <laughs> is 265- That's my name. <laughs> Two drilling two, a human drilling a human two six five two one one point three. So there is a extra entire decimal on there. Uh, the first three digits are more or less consistent with the system used in uh, the previous shows. I guess I have to confess that I do not understand how Star-Dates, uh work, and reading the Memory Alpha page about them only made me more confused, so I will take the show's... <laughs> Word for it that this is the correct one. Here's some facts from our memory banks about the episode. In the episode, Stamets says that Discovery and her crew left from the year 2258. This means that part of season two, presumably the last uh, last half, takes place at the same time as Star Trek 2009. Ooh! Uh... So yeah, in one part of the uh, in the Star Trek or Star Trek Galaxy, uh, there is uh, you know red lights and people are going after that, and in another part, there's a giant Romulan spaceship comes through a wormhole.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: That's bad news. Yeah. And uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, I I you know I'm one of the few. I love that movie. I think oh. I know it by heart.
0: <laughs> well, people can um, go back to our our live show about. You no, know,
1: not not without not exactly not without its flaws, but um.
0: Yeah. No, I, uh, I've i changed my opinion about that movie. I, I do like it now, too. <laughs> uh, some of the guest stars for the episode include Christopher Heyerdahl, who plays Wen. He is the um, Bug Helmet guy. Uh, he is related to the only other person that you could possibly know named Heyerdahl, Thor Heyerdahl, the Norwegian adventurer who sailed 8,000 kilometers across the Pacific Ocean in a hand-built raft called the Kontiki from South America to... <laughs> To a Tuamotu Island. And the actor, oh, Christopher, right. he's best known to television audiences for his recurring role as the Swede on Hell on Wheels, starring Anson Mount.
1: Ooh. Yeah. A connection.
0: Yeah, and here's another connection. Uh, Fumzile Sitole plays Captain Nidoye in the episode. She's best mm-hmm. known for her recurring role as Acres on Orange is the New Black, which of course stars Kate <gasps> I Mager.
1: knew. I knew her from somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, no statue That's of her amazing. in Indiana, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, crime. And Blue Del Barrio is introduced in this episode as Dera. This is Blue's first yes. role. They studied drama at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. Nice if you can get it. And that is <laughs> all we know about this person. And something that I think is weird is that i've read i've read like 20 interviews or basically just like you know the same questions repeated a couple times like maybe three or four different interviews uh with blue about the role and it's all about the role and nobody we don't know anything about this person (laughs) like and not that we need to Mm -hmm. but i'm just i'm just curious you think like this it's it's their first major role it's very exciting for them and you think they'd be like well, I bet you didn't think about this when you were growing up in Iowa or whatever. Like, we don't know no background or anything. So, mm-hmm. the actor, the the character, and the actor are both a, kind of a mystery.
1: So we need to get Blue on the show, and then and then you can do the interview.
0: Okay. See the problem. The better is interview. Where, who are Blue's people? I don't even know who to reach out to.
1: You? I thought you knew everyone. You don't know them.
0: This person? No, they're trying to make themselves podcast proof. I think that's what it is. I don't. I don't even know how to how to find <laughs> this person.
1: We'll have to wait until you know. Inevitably, the the official Star Trek podcast has blue on and then we'll have all the answers. Definitely. (laughs) They'll figure it out.
0: Leave it to uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. (laughs) Let's scan for some new theories quick. Here's the new theory that uh, I've been hearing around the water cooler. Uh, This is an alternate timeline. What do you think about that?
1: That I feel like in my head, that's what I've just been like categorizing it under. Yeah, I think I'll 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 wait until they until they say it for certain because I think it would be a lot. I think that there's no way to win at this point for them with a lot of fans. I feel like if they say oh, it's an alternate <laughs> timeline, they'll be like, "Oh, that's lazy," and JJ did that, and we and everyone hated that, and we hate you. And if they're like, "No, we're just making Star Trek," <laughs> everyone will be like, "But this doesn't make any sense." Um, I support them either way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, me too. It
1: would make I think it would make more um, logical sense, uh, dare I say, if it were an alternate timeline.
0: Well, I was trying to do the math and Mm -hmm. also trying to remember if I've seen enough episodes of Star Trek Enterprise to figure out how it. You know, because if at this point, you know, where they are in the future, in the thirty second century, two hundred years before they lost all the dilithium. Uh, would that cross over with like Daniel's time in Enterprise, or was that affected at all by the temporal Cold War? Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? But yeah, I do, and uh, and and I don't want it to be an alternate timeline. I think it's you know it's fine. Just write write whatever you want. But
1: yeah, I would like yeah.
0: But I, I think that. Yeah, but I think they'd have to have to come out very explicitly and somehow say or discover like this is an alternate timeline, and I don't I don't think they're going to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also feel like it's hard right now. It's like it's not like they're going. We're not going to Comic Con, and so if they're <laughs> to announce anything, they just have to go on like the CBS website and some like intern types in. Like, by the way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's right. It's an alternate yeah. timeline,
1: everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so... You could get that, job. I almost... <laughs> literally. Um, I don't know. I don't think... It, I agree with you. I don't think it needs to be an alternate timeline. I would like it to just be Star Trek. Like, we don't have to... Like, it's not like Enterprise was like, this is an alternate timeline. That's why everything is so screwed up. It's like they just were, you know? Yeah. It's, it's great example, right? Because everyone, everyone loves Enterprise. That's everyone's favorite Star Trek series. Well, but... Yeah. <laughs> But I would like them to be allowed to do their own thing, and I'm I'm very excited about that. I think that they might be doing that this season.
0: I hope so. Um, we got an answer already about the burn. Uh, maybe not the full answer, but we know uh, what the burn is now that all dilithium everywhere exploded. I guess, and so every uh, Federation ship that was in a position to. Uh, be disadvantaged by the destruction of their warp core, uh, which would be pretty much most of them uh, was affected by this. Um, Something that we talk about a lot on enterprising individuals when it comes up is the idea of representing tragedy in the Star Trek universe. Um, Mm -hmm. Enterprise obviously developed before, but debuted after nine 11. And I think that that affected a lot the uh, development the further development of enterprise do you think that every star trek show needs a disaster now because we've had one in every new star trek show basically except for lower decks
1: um i think that many many tv shows contain disasters i don't think it's something that like a star trek show necessarily needs I will say that as a film student, I have learned more about 9-11 and, it, 9/11 and its impact on cinema than I ever thought that I would. Um,
0: you guys watching that uh, Nick Cage World Trade Center movie a lot?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> 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 um, And uh, I don't know, you know, um, I think that there's going to be elements of everything and almost like every TV show is going to have something devastating happen at some point, even like a sitcom is going to have like a breakup or something that changes characters forever. And so I don't think necessarily that a disaster needs to happen, but it certainly always makes for good, um, good television and uh, some good character development. So I don't know.
0: I don't mean to be flippant about, you know, oh no! Nine eleven, but like, what? <laughs> where do you? What do you think Steven Spielberg's career would have been like without nine eleven? I feel I, like there's every serious so project much. he's made in the last twenty mm-hmm. years has been about nine eleven in one way or another.
1: Um, there's so much television and 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 cinema that would not be the same at all if it wasn't for nine eleven 11 the way that it changed our culture and um. America and around the world, I think um, it's a big, it's, a, you know, it's something big to dive into. <laughs> I don't know how succinct I can be about it right now on the podcast, but yeah. um, that's, um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, the uh, generational trauma. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Is that All a societal,
0: Z? societal trauma. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, it's like a thing of, where it's like God, I can't, I for the life of me can't remember the name of this movie that I that we watched one time in class, um, but it was set in New York in like 2004, and they didn't address 9/11 almost at all. But then there were these two shots just of planes flying over the city, huh. and it was so unbelievably tense. Even now, watching it now. Yeah. Um, and the movie was, you know, just horribly heart wrenching and about grief in and of itself. But um, that kind of thing like changes. This is so can you imagine we're talking about digging into 9-11 on a Star Trek podcast, but it changes <laughs> well, the way, uh, you know, an entire an entire audience and culture interacts with media so much. Yeah. Um, and clearly Enterprise tried to deal with that. And I think a lot of people would say that it failed. I think that a lot of people were just upset, as I think a lot of people are now, that they want Star Trek to be happier and not contain tragedy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's good to you know, interact with uh, difficult topics like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, especially, I think we've talked before in the podcast about um, this season seeming like they're trying to make a direct parallel to America uh, currently. Yeah. We lack, so we lack. We lack. Yeah.
0: Taking your your metaphor at face value, we lack a um, a charismatic uh, populist figure on the other side who is. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Star Trek has always been bad with bad guys. I don't think there's a lot of good recurring bad guys in Star Trek.
1: I mean, I think that a a, a bad guy versus like a good recur, it's like Harry Mudd. He's kind of a bad guy, but that's an amazing, like, Q always screws something up, but neither of them are, like, villains, really, per se. Sure, sure, yeah. And, um, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I also feel like Star Trek isn't really a show that's ever had, like, it's not really, like, a villain show. Like, there's not, maybe there'll be a baddie, like, one episode. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or like for seven, let's say like.
0: I still there. Oh, we lost her again. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a probably. Oops, Hello? Are we still here? I'm getting a poor connection. You there? Are you Are you there? Oh boy! All right, um, we'll do the thing where I uh, turn it off and turn it back on again. How are we doing? You got it.
1: We're back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we should. That, that's a sign that we were going too long. So let's get right to it. Uh, what do you think of People of Earth?
1: Um, I loved it. And I guess, Maybe it not short. as much as last week. It, yeah. a- apparently. Um, but yeah, I loved it.
0: I was frustrated by it. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Um, In what mo- ways?
1: I, most, I always want you to be honest.
0: Mostly because, uh, just because of like, uh, not just because, for a couple reasons, but one of them is like what we were just talking about, how if this, I'm fine with them doing whatever, if this is what they want to do, that, that's cool. But like, you know, how well are you going to do it? How sensitively are you going to do it? What are you doing, you know, exactly? Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. Um, you know, if uh, Star Trek, um, like the original series, uh, just was doing its yeah. thing and then it like did a hard left into the Richard Speck murders or something like that. Uh, <laughs> or like, or here you go. Like Roddenberry always wanted to do... Um, then the crew getting involved in uh the JFK assassination. Yes. Like, he always, like, he continually pitched that idea until they were like, Gene, just stop it. We don't want to do that. Why? What are we going to do? <laughs> we get that it's like, it's a public tragedy, right? And it's something that affected the nation, and you want to interface with that. But maybe Star Trek at that time wasn't the way to do it, because this is like a kid's show, right? And we're trying to sell color TVs. Well, we've evolved TV and drama so much since then that, like, we could do this now, but I don't, I don't know what they're doing, and I don't know how they're trying to get into it, and... I, I like all the. So, but
1: I, is the? Let me ask you this. Yeah. I feel like any, I I I said what I said and I meant what I said about nine eleven affecting uh, everything about uh, media and our culture. Yeah. But I also feel like any time there is a public tragedy in TV or cinema, all like fifty percent of people are like, clearly this is a nine eleven. This has to be 9/11. parallel. <laughs> it must be a nine eleven parallel. So. Which is also very, like, what would you call it? Very, like, American. It's very. Oh, boy. I think we lost you and again. the Federation is there? in America, and therefore, you know what I mean? But it's like, am I, yeah, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, you cut out for a little bit. Okay, am I back? Yeah, you, I can hear you.
1: Okay, cool. Um,. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, do we need to do we need to assume they're doing 9-11? Can it not just be like, oh, we, like, the dilithium blew up. What happened? You know what I mean? It's like any act of sabotage is so easily com- compared to 9-11. But it's like, do we need to – because it's kind of smart, right? To be like, we take away um, everything that – really, like, the main tool that made the Federation oh, so- able to become <laughs> – that's true. What it, what it
0: did. That's true. Assuming that we're going to get cut off pretty soon, I'll just, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll try to make my point succinct. I I agree with you. I think it's a good idea. I think there are always pieces of good ideas in Discovery. But I think that, you know, you, we already talked about the fact that they're going to make the Federation great again. I think the American parallels are, are so clear that when something, yeah. when a huge tragedy happens 200 years, or is it 20 years uh, in the past of this society, Uh, Mm -hmm. You just have to that's what they're doing. And so I, I think that to really explore this, you would have to take a lot of time. And Discovery has never shown and especially in the third season shows no patience for building anything dramatically you know mm-hmm. i know that it would be unfeasible to completely separate your main character from the rest of the from the discovery for yeah. the entire season but she is immediately brought back and there's a thing you know in drama called showing and not telling and we are just told that she has had a year of picaresque adventures with book mm-hmm. and now they have a completely different dynamic and sure maybe we they did see kind it.
1: of hammer that point then they yeah. were like what if we do the orion maneuver and it's like we get it that you are that you you're guys, best friends
0: you Yeah. And then everybody continually tells Michael to her face that she has changed and she's different. They're really telling the audience they should just look into the camera. And I just – if they're going to –
1: That scene with Tilly was sweet though, right? Well, yeah.
0: No, that was a sweet scene. Yeah. But right after that, then Saru's like, you're different. And then she's walking with Giorgio. Giorgio's like, "Mm, uh, you got a little taste of freedom, didn't you? Yeah. And I I just don't know why – we have to do all those back to back to back. Like why, why aren't yeah. they spread through the development of her arc as a character, a new character, mm-hmm. a different character over mm-hmm. the course of the season. Uh, also introducing a character like uh, Adira. Um, yes. It, it's also like, <laughs> well, she's, she's such a unique character and she's such a landmark character of the franchise. Why they just slip her in like under the door. Uh It's just just more telling. Like, at the end of the episode, they're like, oh, uh, she's got a symbiont. Also, she's the guy. Uh, That was crazy. We're going to go to Trill. And there's so many ways... That lasts
1: 45 seconds?
0: Yeah, it's all 45 (laughs) seconds. That uh, was wild. They could have hinted at it. They could have shown us that there's a mystery to her. They could have given it, like, at least one uh, episode uh, changeover. And... I I think it's just because we have to keep driving Michael Burnham and, like, the crew of Discovery forward. They have to be at the center of everything. And I don't think that that's always necessary. It reminds me—I can't believe it, but you're a media studies person. You should appreciate this. I'm going to give Lost a compliment. Whenever we meet a new, important character on Lost, that character, like, takes over the show. It's like when we meet Desmond in the season two (laughs) premiere, and we cut to him— on an exercise bike and you're like, what's going on now? Or when we meet Juliet that and
1: episode, it's a good episode. etched into my brain.
0: And when we meet Juliet and she's, mm-hmm. you know, in the village and she puts on downtown and she's about to cry. And we don't know who this character is, but it's immediately we're connected to this person. Let's follow them. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think I'm going to like blue. I like, I want to like blue as a but they just try to sneak her onto the show. And when you think about it, isn't she Wesley Crusher 2.0? Oh, give her <laughs> her credit got her.
1: <laughs> no, Oh my gosh. You know, uh, as usual, you are right. I, I would like to, I would like to give you some homework. Can I give you some homework? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, next week. And I hope to God the episode next week is, is good. Um, I want I want you to come back with like with like three things that you liked about the episode that really that made you happy and then I want one thing that made you feel like you were watching Star Trek.
0: Oh, okay. Do you feel like that's doable? I mean, I could do that for this one probably.
1: <laughs> do you think? What are they?
0: Um oh boy, I got to go over my notes. Um <laughs> I um well, th- seeing reddish pink dilithium made me mm-hmm. know that this is Star Trek. Um,
1: okay, not something that made you know it was Star Trek. I want I want something that made you feel in your heart like you were watching Star Trek. Does oh, that make okay. sense? Okay.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, but I would probably answer the question and then see the see the teacher after class and be like, "Why does Star Trek have to like Star Trek can be a lot of things. How can something just automatically make you think, "Oh, this is Star Trek?"
1: Because it's no, it's about your feelings, Spock. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking about in your head. This is why I wanted to give you the homework.
0: No, <laughs> I got to put my helmet on. All right, well, I'll work on the homework for for next week.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Uh, Saru is a captain finally.
1: But and he so deserves it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I was surprised at first that because and it's part of this like you know her. Burnham's new attitude, but like, I was like, he's not going to make her first officer right away, but you know, they're, they're going to, they're getting to that. Like he does it at the end when they sort Mm of, um, um, reconnect, but I think that that is cool. I also think that it's really, it's really part of his style, unless he's like freaking out and shooting spikes at people, but it was really part of his style to like. Here's here's our strategy. We're just gonna like throw our body onto this problem. Just we're gonna get in the way. We're yep. gonna defend whoever we can. And everybody on just... the ships like, what are we doing? And he's like, we we're Starfleet. We're gonna protect these people. I'm not shooting first. I won't do that. I, I like that about
1: him. Oh, me too. And it's gonna get them killed. But I liked it. <laughs> oh God, that moment with uh, Detmer, where yeah. she's like, we don't know when she fights back. Is was so tense and amazing. And it's like she's right you know they don't know but oh my god to question your captain in the middle of like a (laughs)
0: crisis
1: oh my god
0: do you think that we're tracking the what's wrong with detmer problem or is that just like organically what are we doing
1: i know i think that was i think that was part of it i think um that uh whether i don't think it was like something that like let's say there is something wrong with her i don't think she was being pushed specifically to question saru yeah. No matter what it is that's wrong with her. I'm assuming something is still wrong with her. But I think that the overall stress and, um, you know, I'm assuming it's some type of like, oh, my God, the the, the, the voice is in my head. The noise, my head is buzzing type issue. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah no, it does. <laughs> and that uh, then uh, you would be stressed and you would question your captain when he says, you know, throw yourself on the grenade
0: is this a it just seems like she has a concussion like is this a space concussion is this yeah. a concussion that's <laughs> a invisible to kind of normal concussion. sensors <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i mean apparently um
0: yeah i don't know we'll we'll find out what's wrong with her but it's like yeah she hit her head that's, that's what's wrong uh what else what's that i said a little
1: something something
0: a little something, something head. In, mm-hmm. in the noggin um mm-hmm. I um I really well. Here's another thing that I was I'm not sure about. Uh, I liked the we talked about the the scene between um, Burnham and, and Tilly before um, mm-hmm. that was sweet. And then at, at the end, she's like, "You're different, you know, you're lighter." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then Tilly leaves, and she's like, "Oh no, no." And I didn't know if if there's if we're gonna find out that there's some did she do something really bad when like she she and Book were running around like is there some something that she's holding on to that she um is it ready to face or to share with anybody yet?
1: I kind of thought it was more like like when Tilly said you you let's go. I feel like it's more like the <laughs> the unbelievable grief and uh and and <clears throat> trauma and tragedy
0: yeah.
1: of like her like if she hadn't <laughs> if she hadn't have come to terms <laughs> with um yeah, <laughs> uh, with losing her crew, then like, what is she supposed to do? Just be sad the whole time, like she was before? Like instead of just be happy, having like I guess a new
0: best friend and a fat cat. Your emotions are inefficient and confusing to me, but I think that that <laughs> they, that that definitely I think was a part of it, and I think it would have hit more or or been more important if she wasn't like literally interrupted in her log like, when she's like, I guess I'll just have yeah. to let these guys go and beep beep. Oh, what's that? Oh no, screw this. They're bad. <laughs> <laughs> do you, th- uh, I almost feel like, I don't know, like this, this franchise will do a, a spinoff at any, at the drop of a hat. But like, I almost felt like I could watch a Burnham book spinoff where they're just, you know, she says that they're, you know, it's just one eye, we're not pirates, but like I could see them doing some pirate stuff. Like a short trek or something uh, like that.
1: yeah. Um absolutely I could. Yeah. yeah. For sure.
0: I hope that I they, wish they would. I hope they explore that in the future. Um what's up with the UEDF? These these jerks, they're just keeping
1: <laughs> hey, those
0: was... keeping uh, jerks. Stay off of Earth.
1: <laughs> Get out of my
0: lawn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I thought that, um, I, I we're going to go to the Trill home world, I think next week. So I'm not sure how much time we'll get to spend, uh, learning about, uh, the new like bosses on earth, but, um, mm. I thought it was, um, they're kind of hostile.
1: Well, they closed the, uh, the doors.
0: Earth The is pod bay closed. doors, Al. Yeah. Um, do you think that, uh, so <laughs> this is something that uh, my girlfriend uh, said when we were watching, um, are we supposed to believe that every member of the bridge crew all went to the Academy together at the same time?
1: I don't think they all, cause they didn't say like, we all sat under this tree together, oh. but they were like, you know, until so it was like, I studied here. And then they were like, and then a couple of them were like, Oh my God, me too. Same, like same. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? I feel like they don't necessarily have to have gone all together. I feel like it's that thing where it's like on campus. It's like, Oh, I used to study here on the quad.
0: It's like oh, remember oh the god. yeah, the Me hot too. dogs at the student union. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Frickin' yeah.
0: Okay, all right, <laughs> that's okay. I was taking it like literally. I was like, "What were they with study group? <laughs> Is there some discovery version of community that we're missing out on?"
1: I, you just pitched the best television show <laughs> that could possibly exist. <laughs> oh my god!
0: You know, you'll notice uh, there was one uh, person who <laughs> was conspicuously absent. The Osnallis, the flyhead guy. What, he wasn't invited? He didn't go to the academy? (laughs) He's sitting in his his cabin of discovery, single, actually, a thousand tears coming out of his compound eye. (laughs) Oh, my God. It actually brings up a, a point that we probably don't have time to go into, but I wanted to mention, I wanted to log, which is like the idea of Earth as humanity's home has never been questioned uh, in this future. And it's fine when it's not like Battlestar Galactica where they've been, you know, they've left it thousands of years ago. But there would be so many other colonies and like stations and habitats and and um, uh, transplants to other worlds. Like Michael herself doesn't really even think of Earth as home. Um, and then all like all the human characters on Discovery are all like, yep, we're all, I'm from Cleveland and we all went to... <laughs> To the to the academy, you know, there's got to be more than one Starfleet Academy, doesn't there? You can do correspondence like Starfleet Academy. You couldn't file. Uh-huh. You couldn't file millions of of junior officers like through the doors of Starfleet Academy in San Francisco.
1: I I don't know about that. I feel like it's like Harvard, right? It's like you but can kind of go to yeah. like a good school, but it's like, you can't just go to like Harvard in like Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Except maybe. That's now. what Australia is just missing. They need a
0: Harvard. Come on. <laughs> They're not even trying.
1: <laughs> like, I feel like if you're going to go to Starfleet Academy, like you go to earth, I feel like everyone goes to earth.
0: Yeah. But if you join the army, and you're enlisted, you know, you go. There's lots of different camps where you can have like basic training and your um, special training. Yeah, but they're training. all
1: in America.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, We, we are the, are. the yeah. best,
1: the most important.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's true. They do make the point of uh, when all the ships blow up and they're like, how many people died? And it's like, it was like millions of people died. It was really bad. Um, and I've always thought that, like, Roster of Starfleet. there there's to be like a billion people yeah. that work for Starfleet.
1: You think? I guess. I never, I really never thought about it in numbers uh, that big before.
0: Not in Kirk's time. I guess the ships are. There was like 12 ships in yeah, Kirk's I guess time. Not. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, good. No, I, I was just, I was like, I guess there must be. I know. It's truly, yeah. I, I have never thought about it until this moment.
0: That's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night, <laughs> sitting stock straight in bed, light on my Spock helmet going around.
1: <laughs> you, you don't sleep. You just sit there thinking like how many you're doing the by the numbers, like multiplying. There's got to be. Like <laughs> there's got to be more than how many sectors how in, a, big in a quadrant. Is, or... How big is that campus? Can you <laughs> can you take? Can you go to Starfleet Academy remotely? You're right.
0: If you can draw this turtle, uh, you can be a Starfleet officer.
1: If you can click two buttons and turn your camera off after 10 minutes, yeah. then you, you can, can attend Starfleet Academy via Zoom University.
0: If you can touch random spots on this piece of plexiglass with a colored light <laughs> under it. You can go to
1: well, Starfleet that Academy? Test? Wesley. Wesley, uh, <laughs> if you can
0: pull test? a guy through
1: <laughs> through a <freaking laughs> pipe
0: yeah. and get sprayed with a fire extinguisher, you can go to Starfleet Academy. <laughs> uh, it's
1: about your character, man.
0: <sighs> well, we're not going to top that. Uh, are we done? <laughs> I think we pretty much covered it all. There's there's so much in the yeah. d- Discovery d- has done this every year. It, like the first three episodes are really the pilot, or at least you know, are the are the whole yeah. setup. So I think we've got the whole yeah. setup now. And now we'll <laughs> now see...
1: next episode of the season will
0: start. Yeah, well yeah, th- no, but that's what happens. Um, like the now the dominoes are set and they're gonna start to fall. Um Oh god,
1: you have ten more weeks?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh boy. Yes. Yes we too. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so harrowed,
0: you're like, Yeah. Well, it's just like everything else, you know, I mean, it'd be like if you told me tomorrow, like the pandemic is over, I'd be like, oh, let's watch 10, 10 weeks of Star Trek Discovery and do shows on it. But it's just, it's just like an exclamation point on this entire year, but it's good stuff though. Trill stuff, Trill stuff up next.
1: Yes. Oh God, I'm so excited.
0: That's going to be a real, a real thing. Well, let's, uh, let's leave it there uh, and call it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening and sticking with us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates. Get notified when new episodes of Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or on email at EIST Pod at gmail.com. And while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed? Give us a rating and a review, because it really helps us out. If you want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EIST Pod. And as always Always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discovery will return on November 5th for the fourth episode of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery. That episode is called Forget Me Not, which will take the crew to the Trill homeworld. We'll be here next Thursday to cover it. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central, so join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Pod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. In the meantime, check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating deal Detail A selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with special guests. On our latest episode, I talk with producer, writer, and director Mark A. Altman. Mark is the showrunner of the CW's Pandora series, and he's the co author of The 50 Year Mission, an oral history of Star Trek. He's also got a podcast called Inglorious Trek Spurts, where he talks with Trek personalities and industry professionals about Trek, and we have a fun little conversation about the history of Star Trek. And also, I have that interview that I I mentioned before with uh, Peter Ketchmarchik from the, uh, yes, the Janeway Bloomington Collective. So check that out. You can hear that episode at enterprisingindividuals.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, we did it. We did it one more time. Tell people where they can find you online. Uh,
1: You can find me at Generations Geek on uh, social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. And my personal Twitter is at Gondor Gold.
0: Awesome. And I am at, I never say this, but I'm at, at K-A-1, the numeral 1-I-B-A-N on Twitter. And you can find all of the shows on the Just Enough Trope network at, at Just Enough Trope online. And that is it for us. We are signing off. Thanks for listening. And this is Aaron for Ella saying, live long and prosper.